1: what's up and welcome back to the kind of funny screencast and welcome back to a galaxy far far away of course i'm tim gettys and i'm joined by the sad boy himself barrett courtney
0: tim i'm ready to talk about a star wars again it's been too long and i'm so glad to be here with the star wars crew to talk about some star war
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the rest of the star wars crew of course also includes pixel circus's own sage ryan sage with a brand new haircut how you doing
2: Thank you. Um, I would love to look a little more alien for this, but I am serving this Earth's Halloween, unfortunately. Yes, I'm ready to exactly. talk about a Star War.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would this you say this? Earth's that- Halloween. This
2: Earth's Halloween.
1: Do you it- want to get involved in the, in the race for the, the Halloween king? Because I feel like you're deserving more than Greg Miller or Blessing will ever be.
2: Fucking come at me, guys. Let's go.
1: <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
1: And rounding out our group for today, he survived a truck accident it's Anthony Carboni
3: Anthony how the hell are you doing are you okay Tim Geddes I literally got hit by a truck on Sunday night so hard that my shoes flew off my feet like a cartoon character and landed 10 feet from my body and I am here to talk about Star Wars That's Something is never I, be changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean real talk though like, what what is the the condition of your body
3: <laughs> i'm not gonna go into that here in mixed company it is gross but i am fine <laughs> and uh and i'm and i am really enjoying andor
1: good 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 that is what matters everybody go send some sweet
3: nasty love
1: to Anthony Carboni, wherever you would like to do that on the social medias and all that stuff. But enough of all of that. We have things to talk about because this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. And guess what? Things are popping off right now. We're doing like a million of these a week. We're doing them for Star Wars Andor. We're doing them for Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Hot D. We're doing them for Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and of course, She-Hulk. All four of them every single week. When we can, we're trying our best here. Just try to get by. All right, you can get by with us on youtube.com/slash kind of funny, where we record this live. But you can also record it or watch it later as a vod also on roosterteeth.com. If you want to get as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast. We'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, though, you got to go to patreon.com/slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers Fargo Brady and Molecule have done. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and MeUndies, but I'll tell you all about that later. Um. Want to start this off saying this was uh, supposed to be the second time this group reunited. We were supposed to do uh, Star Wars Rogue One in review, rewatch last week, but of course Anthony got hurt, so we didn't.
2: Anthony get went ahead that. and got hit by a truck.
3: <sighs> you know, you know? making everything about yourself. A fight with a truck at a bar, and so we could not. And I did not know when to step down. I get, I get a couple drinks in me, and I'll fight any truck.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> You're the Megatron of, of our time. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, but because of that, uh, we're a little out of out of whack here, but we're going to stick to the plan, kind of. We're going to be doing our Andor reviews, but also next week we will be recording the Star Wars Rogue One in review. So stay tuned for that. Details will be out there on the Twitter, I'm sure, sooner than later. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Star Wars Andor. The first three episodes dropped on Disney Plus at a beautiful time of midnight Pacific. Um, Sage, I want to start with you. What did you think of Andor?
2: I'm really enjoying Andor so far. I'm so glad that they released these three episodes. If they had just released the first one, this would have been such a hard sell. Uh, I'm gonna come in real hot here and I'm gonna say, I'm not a big Rogue One fan. Um, Rogue One is not my movie. I don't particularly I enjoy finally it. found my people. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. I really thought this was going to be a very controversial take. I'm so glad that I have a little backup here. Um, I'm not a Rogue One fan. It's not for me. So coming in, I was just like, okay, I think this can be the thing, though, that makes me give a shit about Rogue One. And I want this to be the case. And so far, so good. But my question for you, Tim, is uh, how do you feel about being the second Tim we'll talk about the most today?
1: oh dude hey you know what i mean he's tim with two m's but they're not what you think it's a whole thing okay it's a whole
2: thing. second most important tim of mm-hmm. this discussion
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know which one's more of a, a weasley punk but you know we'll have to we'll have to have the, the there there's,
3: there some good ones. One.
1: Okay. there's some good yeah. ones <laughs> but but yeah what, give, give me more though sage what what were your your thoughts overall on on it compared to the other shows or anything
2: I think it's been very interesting. Uh, They jumped in very quickly. It's uh, been very connected episode to episode. Each one does not stand alone on their own, particularly like, oh, this is the episode where this happened, uh, like most of the Star Wars content has been so far. Um, I feel like when you're watching through Obi-Wan or a lot of these, you're like, oh, yes, this is the event of this episode. Um, And these first three episodes were, I believe, one event. It was a, you know, let's get to know what's going on here, the world and the time that we're set in. And the people that we're going with. Um, and oh my God, Cassian's mom is so good. And Petunia. <laughs> Marva's <you mean>. awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: those, are my, those are my initial thoughts. I think it's been really, really good so far. I think the setting is really excellent. I think it's looked beautiful. I think it's looked absolutely stunning. It's been very immersive and cool in that way. Um, and oh my God, Cassian's mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Barrett what would you think uh, similar to Sage not the biggest Rogue One fan uh, talked about that on uh, you know the first time we did Star Wars and review all that stuff and uh, not to burn too much of the re-review that we'll do uh, shortly but a lot of my problems with that movie is it boils down to I, I think it would have been a better show I really loved the premise but I think there was so much to build up in that uh, kind of premise to boil it down into two hours like kind of frustrated me and that's why I was excited for Andy. Uh, Andor as a series because I, I felt going into it I was like maybe this will deliver what I was kind of looking for and felt was lacking from the movie and in these first three episodes yes it's already delivering that in in spades um, I I kind of love just kind of not having a big event every single episode it's like yeah they don't feel super distinct uh, against each uh, uh, against each other's the for uh, these first three episodes but I like that because it feels like a, a fluid. First act going into the next part of his adventure when they when they fly off planet right. Uh, I love how Blade Runner y it feels at the same time while not feeling too far away from '70s kind of original Star Wars feeling as well. Especially when you think of Blade Runner, you think of cyberpunk kind of stuff. You you think about the empirical forces that are like kind of oppressing people who are just on the street level, and I think for the show that has this premise of Andor who is just this guy trying to survive. I think it nails that tone so well and brings those, brings that aesthetic in to kind of back that up and reinforce that in really cool ways. Uh, I love the cast. Uh, you know, I love that they've, set up these people who aren't super important in the grand scheme of the Star Wars, major Star Wars story, but I, they do such a good job of setting up the uh what I think is probably going to be the main antagonist, uh, I, I just call him Nerd Cop, um, I forget his name <laughs> but he, that's who he is in my mind. Corpo Dorks? S- yeah, yeah, Corpo Dorks Uh setting him up, even setting up Tim with two M's but not where you think they are, Uh, you know, hating that dude, uh, liking him at first and then being like, what are you doing, you weird jealousy uh, toxic uh, man uh, situation here uh, I was really into it the enti- uh, entire time uh, the only uh, note I have here hold on let me find it Disney plus please stop re- releasing uh, stuff at midnight please release at 9 p.m that would be super sick because I can't stay up until midnight anymore I literally passed out right before uh, 10 trying to stay up to at least watch one episode uh, passed out woke up at 1155 when it was like <laughs> okay i'll just rest my eyes for a minute and then i'll uh, and then i'll get back <laughs> and then woke up at one thirty in the morning and i was like all right i just got to get up early and watch these three episodes so uh please disney think about it
3: think about the kids
1: Carboni. what do you think
3: uh this is really you know we we have we get a lot of star wars stuff that's marketed as this is going to be different and you know, a lot of it, a lot of star Wars stuff does have its own tone and its own themes and things like that. But this is the first show that I look at and I can see the showrunners and the creatives who are making it at work. (laughs) You know, you think about Tony Gilroy, uh, who's written all of the born movies and also the seminal ice skating classic, the cutting edge. You didn't know that. Did you did
1: not Um, know?
3: So he, uh, Tony Gilroy, of course, uh, is known for writing you know intrigue espionage things like that and then you've got sana wallenberg who just came off of chernobyl for hbo and i think we're seeing a little bit of that hbo house style kind of rub off on this you know the fact that these episodes are they're sort of like they leave you in an emotional place but not a story place uh that's sort of it's not clean it doesn't have a full arc it feels very much like an hbo series to me and i um I've really, really, really been loving it. You know, I think, we, I think we've looked, this crew, we've all looked at every single Star Wars TV thing and we've been like, is this the one where if I wasn't a Star Wars fan, would I be a Star Wars fan? And is it still Star Wars enough for Star Wars fans to like it? And I think this is the one where they're kind of threading that needle in a way they never have.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really interested. I gotta say, I'm not quite sold on being in love with this yet. I, I mm-hmm. feel like maybe my hype for it got a little too high in the last couple of weeks, seeing the trailers and like hearing people say like, yo, you don't need to be a Star Wars fan. This stands alone. This is more HBO than it is Disney plus. And I feel like that, that level of excitement, I don't think these first three episodes quite hit for me. Um, I want to be proven wrong over time. And I think that the, the show is definitely good. Like, I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. that is bad about it. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm having a good time watching it. Um, yeah. and, and then having these three episodes gave us like, uh, I think i you nailed it there. It's like less plot, more character, which I think is um, a strength of these type of shows so far, especially when we're getting into more obscure characters or characters that like, I never really cared about, like Andor himself. Like I, I do like Rogue One quite a bit. I, I don't think it's perfect, but um I was uh, a fan of the movie overall. And I, going into this, I was like, I don't know that I really care too much about it, like mm-hmm. in terms of a whole series based on, on Andor, but So far, the direction they're going, I'm like, all right, I I see this, and I think that it's going to turn into something special if they use their time correctly. But the thing I guess I'm a little bit let down on is that I don't think that it stands by itself enough, and I don't think that it's for non-Star Wars fans, like, at all. Like, like the reviews that were like, yo, this is just a good show, period – so far, I don't think it's proven that like this is one of those things where Gia gave up on Star Wars a couple shows ago. Like a couple episodes mm-hmm. into Boba Fett, she's like, "You know what, Tim? You can do this alone." And I was like, "That's totally she didn't fair. Like the
3: flashback tank?
1: She didn't. She didn't. I there was the the back to reference in this though. Instead of saying medic, mm-hmm. and there were Bacta. several
0: flashbacks, but n- with no tank, and it was very upsetting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes,
0: exactly. We How
1: had to am figure I that supposed to know out.
3: what's in the present and what's in the I, past? It, it, and it, without and what's no in tank. Past. Neon green
1: yeah exactly but i was i was thinking i was telling her i was like oh everyone's saying this might be the one and she was like watch it and let me know and if you mm. want to rewatch it then we can see i do not think i'm going to be telling her to to watch this like i think mm. that it's just still a little bit okay. too in the in the shit and like hey i'm not complaining about i'm in the shit too so i'm there yeah. and I'm, I'm hopeful um but do what you just I, mean in
3: terms of do you just mean in terms of like feeling and looking like a star war because you don't really need to have previous knowledge to come in. It's not one of those shows. It's not like we're not waiting for like, oh my God, Book of Boba Fett. I've been waiting for Boba Fett for thirty exactly. years. Right, yeah. and
2: there's not going to be those tie-ins where you're waiting for a cameo or you need to yeah. understand why it is exciting to see a character in particular so exactly. far, exactly. which Although is yeah. we, really know, great.
3: we do know we're getting Saw Gerrera, who's my favorite character in Rogue One.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not like, okay, it's well, let me a- take 15 minutes and explain Cad Bane oh, to God. you and then we'll, you know... <laughs>
1: exactly yeah cad bane with those lips but no that's you're, you're absolutely right and so far it is delivering on that but i do think that the the praise of like oh this is star wars like you've never seen it before i'm mm-hmm. not seeing that at all it's like i'm seeing oh i've seen this before i've seen this before and i i what i am surprised about i don't even mean this as a bad thing is that there was a lot more comedy in this a lot more like lighthearted uh moments than i expected and it is very sequel era comedy like the the a lot of the lines of like the he tailored his own suit and like mm-hmm. <laughs> the custom design like that feels exactly like um poe dameron like prank calling the the ship and things like that which Mm -hmm. like it's a vibe right and it's like it is they've defined star wars now can also be that so it's like we're we're seeing some of it which i just didn't expect from this uh this show but yeah i'm excited for more of it and it having such a long runtime in terms of episodes i think is gonna uh make this one just by default stand alone compared to the other ones where if we were watching any of the other shows, we would have been halfway in at this point and been like, Well, how are they gonna wrap this all up? But it really does feel like we're we haven't even started yet. And that excites me.
3: It's yeah. funny because like there was something about having this two seasons of 12 where all of a sudden they they became you can feel that no one was nervous and they just remembered how to pace things again. Right. I feel like this we've talked about it a million times, and I don't want to harp on it before we get too far into everything, but We've talked about how this six episode thing hurts more of these Disney plus shows than it helps because everybody's always trying to find their pacing and tone. And I feel like there's something about this that just made everybody working on it feel like we know how to pace this. We know how it goes.
1: Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is I I am really excited to seeing every episode ending saying like written, directed by um, Tony. Right. His name's Tony.
3: Tony Gilroy, yeah.
1: Tony Gilroy, where it's like, cool. I like when there's that consistent vision and kind of like these people are working on this. And I don't know if he's doing the entire rest of the season. But <laughs> the fact that this three-episode arc was presented the way it was, I thought there was a lot of tonal consistency.
0: And that is like, you'd hope the bare minimum for these yeah. type of shows. It's, but it's like when proven that's bad not the and case, you, and you see that like created by Vince Gilligan kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah you feel that.
2: Yeah. I feel like they opened the show in a very interesting way, and I think that the a lot of the reference of, like, this is, like, an HBO show is coming from people seeing the opening of the show, like, with some rather serious, like, violence, which, like, you know, I put the, like, quotation marks because it's a Star Wars level of violence, but they really do have those a couple of immediate moments of, like, this isn't for babies, this is not your, you know, Clone Wars for your baby kids, like, we're doing... <laughs> We're doing death in this. People die on screen. Yeah. Um,
3: we've got the we've got the implication of potentially sex workers. Maybe takes and even the off. implication of sex yeah. in general. Maybe the second. What <laughs> I do love. God, I don't know if we're getting too far ahead of ourselves, but one moment that I do love is when they're trying to do like the sexiest sexy time that H that you know the HBO shows are always like you know 10 minutes in we got to have something shocking and we got to have something sexy mm-hmm. and the sexiest thing they had was Bix removing her jacket to have a full outfit underneath and yep. like that was the that was the version of a Star Wars sex scene was just uh-huh. like whoa she took off her jacket no one takes off their jacket yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and like people die in Star Wars but most commonly Ah, uh, people that they are able to dehumanize, like stormtroopers die and people don't think anything mm-hmm. of it, or people die heroically in Star Wars. People really die, with blow darts. but it's like a mm. moment, right? And like ah, yeah. uh, the blow darts, and then also like there's the lasers, but it's the immediate killing of like a corpo. You know what I mean? That like opening kill yeah. where he's like, you you killed him. No, he's right. not breathing. You and killed it, him. He
0: didn't even mean to kill him, too. Right.
2: Exactly. So it's a that very like non-Star that Wars kind thing. of death is not a Star Wars thing. And the way that he has to process that, and it was performed by our hero, mm-hmm. which is also very interesting. And it's not like, oh, you killed the big bad, like we've all been rooting for. This is a guy, and nobody liked him. But like, damn, <laughs> like all of their reactions are kind of the reaction I was having, where they're like, oh, you killed him. Shit. Like, okay. seems like seems like a lot, bud.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and also it is cool seeing him like do this when we see his opening scene in in rogue one right where mm-hmm. like he does a very similar thing but it, that when we see it in rogue one which is That's later than this it's a choice and like he's like he doesn't give a shit, right so it's like yeah. i i do like seeing the kind of back and forth and to your point sage about this being a little bit more grown-up feeling as opposed to specifically the the cartoons the animated star wars universe like it even besides the violence and like the sex just talking about Boyfriends, girlfriends, like yeah. relationships between people like that doesn't feel Star Wars like there's been moments that we've seen it before, but I like that this show speaks differently. Like I like we that the show kind of allows people to be people.
3: Yeah, we have constantly. Star crossed lovers in Star Wars. That's what yes. Star Wars does. The mm-hmm. princess and the scoundrel and the senator and the Jedi, and like all these you we love each other and we can never be, but maybe we will be. I don't like very, you know, very like that kind of stuff. And the next this time you like, see them, are she'll you
2: be fucking, pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. This is like,
3: <laughs> are you screwing this guy from work? And it's like, well, maybe. I don't know if it's a thing. And you're just like, Star Wars.
2: Please. Star Wars.
3: Goodness. <laughs> please. <laughs>
1: uh real quick i want to keep talking about this but first let's take a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by me undies we've all heard of gut instinct but have you ever heard of butt instinct it's when your butt tells you it wants new undies listen to your butt. Luckily, we work with MeUndies, makers of the most buttery, soft, and sustainable undies, bralettes, and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life, MeUndies, head to toe for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on MeUndies because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free-to-join membership for free shipping on every order, and exclusive purchase like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com/kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com/kinda funny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell Everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. An entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF Games right now. That's S H O P I F Y dot com slash KF Games, all lowercase. One thing I wanted to bring up that I really enjoyed is how much Final Fantasy Seven vibes I'm getting from some mm-hmm. of the, the planets and <laughs> cities that we got going on here. And I, I do like that the, the main planet that we've been on, I forget the name of it, I think it starts with the K. Fenix. Phaerix. That's what it was. Fenix. Fenix. Fenix it feels lived in. You know, it feels like this is a world that like we, that we can believe we see people doing the mining jobs, which by the way, I love that they're just treating like uh, the empire just using like, oh yeah, it was a mining, a terrible mining accident. That's just their go-to to to, like cover shit up. Like that's the Mm -hmm. same thing they said about Jeddah in uh, in Rogue One. It's like, I like that that's kind of becoming a, a a thing for them to to go back to but um I really liked the the worlds that we've seen so far and how they're familiar but different right like it's like it's not like it's things and locations I mean they technically are places we haven't seen before they don't feel that different than things we've seen before but they feel real and it's not just a desert planet again which is always nice
3: yeah I'll I'll tell you this I am a big fan you know that I'm I'm obsessed with the volume which is the you know the LED dome. The way that they've been doing all of these shows, I think it's really wonderful. But we've we've talked before about how there are certain shots and certain things that that technology just can't do for you. And one of the things that we talked about is uh, you know a, a filmic look as far as like shallow depth of field. There's no way to pull a depth of field for a background that's flat, right? It's essentially a painting, no matter how much it's moving. And I think the fact that uh, Tony Gilroy and, and Sana Wallenberg really uh, really said we want to do if we do this we want to build two full city blocks of this town and we want to get people running around in there and we want to do this you know properly there are volume shots in there mixed in uh, but they built an even bigger set than I think Boba Fett did and Boba Fett had some some practical stuff too and I think that really helps for the lived in look of course it also really helps that the production design is so on point the color themes and the way things look and you can just tell what sort of a job a character has or who their alliances are just based on kind of like the color palette without it being like wearing a big badge of like i'm good guy you know what i mean you just sort of get a vibe from everybody in the city and i think the production design just did a great job with that
1: a question about the production design there and like the costuming specifically. Like, we see the kind of like construction workers or whatever <laughs> the, you want to call them, and like, I feel like a lot of their outfits have that Rebel Alliance color scheme and like even yes. vibe of like the orange and the like the the, the the tan, I guess it's called. Uh, but even seeing like Tim with two M's, not what you think, um, uh, <laughs> like his little helmet, like it looked like the Rebel helmets, and I was like, what are they trying to like? I, are they really going events like, this is the origin of the Alliance. It's like, well, oh, that's kind of they, weird.
3: they've always said that they don't, the, the rebel Alliance doesn't have money, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The empire has money. And so if the rebel Alliance has money, then, or, or the rebel Alliance doesn't have money, then where do you find your, uh, your protective gear, your helmets, mm-hmm. your, your, your work gear, your things that are going to protect you from, uh, from the environment when you're in battle. A lot of that, that stuff probably crafts. comes from working class work. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of stuff that we're seeing now, a lot of these, you know these factories that are making these things, you know, there are corporation names within Star Wars, people like, like the X-wing is made by Incom, And a lot of these companies are going to just like any other galaxy or any you know, any other planets, you know, country in wartime, they'll probably turn to wartime production, right? So the same company that makes your workers hard hats and your, and your vests is going to turn into the company that makes your flight suits and your flight helmets during the war.
2: Yeah, makes that makes perfect sense to Smart me. Uh, in no way would I ever allow anyone, for even a second, to believe that Tim with two M's, not where you think, has anything to do with the rebellion.
3: No, <laughs> definitely
2: has ever not. done a single good thing in his life. <laughs> I
1: that will say guy. his whole plan of action not the best. You know what I mean? No, it's like, in, in pretty much anyway. But specifically, like his last living moments, it was like all right bro Here's the
2: thing, but of course and i think that that was well done because he's garbage he's the most boring man in the <laughs> galaxy yeah he's the most boring man we have ever seen <laughs> in star wars he's just everything just him. about him he's just tim, yeah, he's he's just no tim. Man, but if you were in star wars we wouldn't consider just, you to have he, a he, he's
0: such a non like main character in that he's just like your very average uh you know uh, slightly Hides well that he's got a little toxic masculinity going on there with his like getting well. drunk and being <laughs> jealous that his girlfriend, uh, is like yeah, uh, man. H- hanging out with uh Cassian and stuff like that. Not his girlfriend, his jealous-
3: she, sh- she says. She's not his girlfriend.
0: Okay, well, fuck, buddy, whatever you want to call Radiing it He's off him
2: from a mile away. And so
0: like, you, you have that going on, and then he's just like, well, I'm going to call the nerd cops and, and, and narc on Andor, yeah. which— Nothing uh, can go
3: wrong if
2: I narc. Yeah. He's being a dork the entire time, and from the second he enters the screen, I don't know if I was as aware of how much of a look there is to Star Wars humans <laughs> until he entered the screen, and I was like, it's not that— that's not what Star Wars humans look mm-hmm. like. That is not correct. This is a dude, and he just wandered just onto the dude. fucking set like he's just a dude. He wandered on here, and they put a silly little cap on him. That's I just, it.
3: Sage and I were like, "His name is just Tim," and like he's we didn't. And you're like, "Are we able to?" I don't want to make fun of Tim Gettys. Oh no, because, I get it though. Because Tim it. is a perfectly a perfectly good normal human name yeah but uh. if a guy shows up in star wars and his like everyone around him is bix and cassian andor with the exception of maybe a luke but luke's last name is skywalker like you can't just be tim Tim. if you show
1: up and you're tim but but the thing is is, is he's not just Tim. like they made the choice to give him two Ebs. like they knew they knew how stupid it was Well, he's (laughs) got to be space tim
2: Yes, yeah. of course. The space yes. is the second M. But like exactly. <laughs> when you see him watching, and I'm just gonna hey, jump to this hey, specific because we're gonna space. write this man off and never talk about him again. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see him watching, um, the two of them interact, and he's like, I'm gonna get drunk over this and all of these things. I'm like, dude, nothing a banana scene to watch and I also understand that like we've all met this man but like I don't want him in my Star Wars I don't want these <laughs> men around I just can't imagine why he's there He is such an unnecessary character he's just there to narc I think we could have had anybody else narc he just shows up acts like a little piss baby about his wannabe girlfriend that doesn't even want to call herself his girlfriend and then he's just like <laughs> I just swear, swear. I <laughs>
3: swear. He, sh- he showed up and I thought he was like one of those characters that's going to be like, hey, just got a letter for you. You know what I mean? And then like walk away. So in that way, they did a really, really wonderful job with Tim. Yeah. We were all like, what is this guy doing here? And he is the worst. And one of the things that I really love is we get to watch Tim get his comeuppance. Yeah. Oh, I just, got him I just called wrecked. the corporate cops <laughs> on everyone because I got mad. Are you saying that makes me wrong? Yeah, he's Tim. touch hands, Anthony. That's a Not scandalous even sex in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Not yeah. even hands. Pans. She doesn't take off her jacket for anybody but Tim. I don't know why he's no. getting mad. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. I want awesome, to move to the other nerd in the show. And we got to talk about Nerd Cop. And I don't have any... Character name other than Casian in my notes. So, Boo.
3: If, if, if yeah, what is his nerd, name? Nerd Cop is Cyril Karn. Cyril yeah. Karn. He, he,
0: and this is the, a, a quick note here, and this a is something I name. actually appreciated. It was hard for me to understand a lot of the show because a lot of people other than. What's his name? Nerd cop. Cyril Karn. Cyril Karn has like a very particular accent. And it's like a detail that I love that. It's like these people who are local to this place. And he is very much obviously like not from here and the way he acts towards and decides to handle these situations. Even his like superior officer who's like going to like go off and do something for a couple of days, like going against like how he wants to handle situations. I I liked that little detail that he was like kind of like. His, even his voice like kind of solidified of like his relation to this
3: entire uh, uh system he tailored his dungarees like yeah i know i know you consider that like a like a big goof tim but like it also is so indicative of the character i would not be shocked if we find out later on in the series that he washed out of the imperial academy
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so and that oh I have so many. He totally he thoughts. totally
3: feels like yeah. he wanted to be a military hero and he just wasn't good enough for, for mm-hmm. whatever reason. He fell short, wound up working for the for the space corpo cops, getting paid to be a security guard, and takes his job way too seriously. See, I Which think they like show way, so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, like the way he glommed onto Mosque. Mosque uh-huh. is the round ra- mosque is the round piss baby. Um the
2: real the real QAnon. The
3: dude, real
1: Scottish Michael Scott and Dwight, dude. That's all they I really think
0: are. about the, the with first DC man to day. ever yeah. the, the first other. man to ever say shit in Star Wars, possibly.
3: Boom. <laughs> we that. made it, everybody. We did it. Uh but yeah, seeing the way he immediately like grabbed on to Mosk, being like, No, you're absolutely right. This is, you know, and Mosk is clear, like you're saying, he's Dwight Schrute He's like, We've got to start a militia at the mini mall. <laughs> Who will protect? You know, who's gonna protect Auntie Annie's cookies if we don't? Pro- if we don't start a militia at the mini mall, it's like yeah, fucking come like,
0: I'm gonna be honest, and you know, maybe I'll regret this comment later, but I I feel like they were do- they knew what they were doing when they made the actor who uh, plays uh, nerd cop number one like made him a lo- look a little bit like Ben Shapiro a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I just uh, so I think it was in episode three where I kind of put that together. I was like, oh yeah, he's just major dork who just like really doesn't understand like the the struggles of actual people and just you know once you know like his speech at the end of episode uh the second episode where it's like a hollow speech about justice and like not completely talking out of his ass which was like so these dudes
2: nobody i would rather chase down working class men with than you all
3: (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is these dudes are looking at him like i don't know is there like Is there cake in the break room later? (laughs) Like, these are jobbers, man. Like, they don't care. Like, it's fucking wild to me. Uh, And I love that disconnect from him and the fact that he had no idea what he was getting into and how shell-shocked he got and how quickly he backed down when he was actually in it. And you were just like, Star Wars Wars has a beautiful history of sniveling dudes who think that they're they're tougher than they are. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. boy... It's, Cyril Karn is one of the best. <laughs> and it, my thing is,
0: I think it's going to be the opposite. I think he's going to rise in the ranks of the Imperial, like, uh, force and not just the the mall cops kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Because, I, 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 you know, we, I have an idea of where the show is going, right? We know that across the these two seasons, it's going to kind of jump throughout five years and stuff like that. I forget how much time this first season is spanning. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, you know Kazian's going to do the job that we knew him to do in the Rebellion, right? He's going to do some, mm-hmm. some espionage spy shit. And I think the reason why we're introduced to this uh, character so early on as this uh, early antagonist is because he's going to be important when we do a time jump, when Kazian is like trying to infiltrate the Empire, and he's also there. And I think he'll probably be picked out by a superior officer who recognizes that he totally blew up that situation in not a great way, But sees like this character reminded me of just like a Thrawn with no swagger and not the Mm -hmm. same level of strategic thinking
3: that Thrawn has. I think it's fair to say he's not as strategic as a Thrawn, yeah. Yes, (laughs) Yes. they also
2: look it's important to remind us that not all villains have to be sexy,
3: right? Uh,
2: (laughs) And they did a great job in this series by saying, Hey. You don't have to want to sleep with all the villains. Yeah, were were you
3: all also thinking? Were you all also thinking that he would make, in addition to this, he'd make a great elf on the Lord of the Rings show? (laughs) He looks pretty elfy. Yeah, he he has a bit of that look to him.
2: (laughs) I think he looked like a casting, like a Ryan Murphy casting. I think Mm -hmm. he looks like somebody that would have been on Glee. Yeah, Mm. he looks a bit like an
3: American Horror Story kind of. You know, he's got that look to him. I, I. yeah, I I, th- I could see that happening though, Barrett. Mm. I could see that being the day that he screws up, and so he thinks to himself, "I will never screw up again." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly and, what I thought was. Uses that as his like impetus to just just turn into or, a total and, pawn, a yeah, pawn of the system.
0: To, but also to like kind Ron of pawn, uh, pawn <laughs> to kind of learn his mistake in like the you know his superior officer told him to like you know do balance it out of like have it be this accident but not too tragic not not anything that's going to get attention and then mm-hmm. he does the complete opposite where like his arc is going to be kind of learning how to weave that thread a little bit yeah and, and i, I think that. that'll be a really if they if that's where they're going with him in in the way that i'm thinking he's going to be a really fascinating antagonist uh against Andor. i believe
3: one of those yeah, characters were by the end one of those characters where by the end you're like watching the last episode of the last of, of the second season you're like holy shit remember how that guy started i totally forgot you know like yeah. one of those things
1: i hope so i really hope so because like i i'm feeling it so far but i do feel it's a little surface level and on the nose of like it I is literally just the things that we're talking about of like yeah like hey he's in over his head and he's, he is this proud boy bullshit, all that stuff but it's like i feel like we've seen a lot of stories like that recently and like mm-hmm. i want them to do it like do something new like do like give it some twists so that's what I'm hoping like with what Barrett's saying I think you you could be right and like that could be an interesting take on it but like I I want them to get there because I do feel like so far the show's reminding me a little more of Halo on Paramount Plus than it is of an HBO show and I think whoa you
3: watched Halo
1: I did (laughs) you're the only one I did yeah and I'm getting a lot of vibes of of that uh in this so far and that show had some good things to offer, but it also had a lot of like, all right, then they're done that generic sci-fi stuff. And mm-hmm. that, I feel like we're so, a little stuck here uh, in in that, more that vibe than like, Oh, this is like a, a this is new sci-fi. This is something fresh. Mm-hmm. This is Star Wars like we've never seen it before. Um, and I think the bad guys to me are a big part of that so yeah. far. Where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well. this is kind of an archetype we've seen before. And I think even in in modern media, we've seen a lot of this take. But mm-hmm. um, I think that they've again done a good job setting it up that uh, this guy's gonna be involved. We're gonna get a lot yeah. more of him. And like yeah. how th- getting him out of the mall cop thing, I think is gonna give him a little bit
0: more room to like. Have a unique identity,
1: and
3: and getting
0: Cassian out of the the local stuff and into the mm-hmm. the spy thing, I think, is also yeah help with that. Well, I well. think
3: that's an that's a really important thing that you're bringing up, Barrett. Is like we Sage and I, when we were watching, talked about the idea that like Tim feels like a small town boyfriend who's dating the coolest girl, and so is trying to really like keep a hold of her, right? And like these these corporate cops, they're you know you're you're talking about these security forces you know, that that they feel like these they feel like these cops that are hired by like suburban neighborhoods that just, you know, drive around pushing around teens and things like that. So you really do feel like Cassian is kind of like a two bit criminal in a small two bit town, right? And I think I think that's why even though there's Star Wars technology there, there's a guy who like is very proud of the fact that he that he hammers the bell every morning to get everybody up. Uh, love that. You know what okay. I mean? It's so great, I, I love him. He's so into it yeah, yeah he, i love that guy because so i thought getting, getting back out up. of oh go yeah ahead. i was just saying that i think that because of that we were supposed to show you know cassian is, is has run out of friends he's run out of uh every chance that he has on this little backwater whatever and so now he's got to go out into the bigger galaxy um and i think that is when things are going to get really interesting
0: yeah even in, in episode one they uh do a really good job of Making the ground kind of collapse underneath his feet, like very, mm-hmm. very early on, just to, yeah, and then to slowly see that over the, the following two episodes, I thought was awesome. So I wish
1: she I wanted uh, I to go, I go I back to Tim. I, I promise.
2: Universe. It's the last time we're going to go back to Tim, uh, but I realized <laughs> that I, I wanted to read you, and I'm going to screen some of the profanity out of my notes here about this. Uh, but it says, uh, Tim is such a weirdo. I don't like him. All she was doing was talking to someone. You goddamn weirdo. Why are you watching her sleep? Is what I wrote down. Yeah. Watching her sleep. That's right. Yeah, I, I forgot. We didn't talk about the scene where she wakes up and he's sitting there like. Mm.
0: <laughs> didn't like that.
3: It's just like. If and I, then if she I just... him, he's
0: like, I couldn't sleep. And it's like, so that's what you decided to do? So that's just... what
2: you did? <laughs> so that was the only other option? But also, that isn't relevant. Like, I get that they were showing us more that he's a weirdo, but like, A, he's about to die like the next time we see him pretty much he's going to get a you know called out for what he did and then die why was that scene even there we get get, it he's a weird little narc he's a weird little narc so odd i watched that scene and i was like why for what
1: dudes are weird sage i didn't know if you knew that but dudes are weird
2: I, 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 I mean, liked a,
0: how weird they made him and then killed him off because he continued to be a weird dude who felt like he needed to be the was, hero. Yeah. A
2: well, it was well, it's funny if you, you think of them. it.
3: If you think of it as like coming from people that have worked on a lot of HBO shows, and like you think about how over the top like creepy moments are in like some of those shows. Or even like, you know, you think about like some network shows, like your breaking bads and stuff like that, where it's like, ew, creep, creepy, creepy. And it's funny because like they do still have to be Disney Plus and Star Wars, which is why it's fun to watch this and see how much like they can get like an HBO show because the creepiest they could get is he's just going to sit there and it's really weird. It's really weird. We wanted to do something
2: even creepier, but we couldn't. <laughs> 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 Guys, palate cleanse, palate cleanse. We haven't yeah. talked about B2Emo yet.
1: We have it.
3: Oh, listen, when... When in the when in The Rise of Skywalker, Dio speaks, the first thing that came out of my mouth was Astromechs don't talk. (laughs) I like I was like, Whoa, Astromech don't talk. I was like, This is glasses first. I did. (laughs) I I got out my movie, my opera glasses that I had rented and I pushed them up. Uh, but you know, over after I got over that initial shock, I was like, Dio's very cute and sweet.
2: Mm -hmm. No, 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 thank you.
3: B2 Emo B2 Emo the size of the droid wait, wait. Yeah <laughs> yeah that's literally it's sage if she if sage was a droid it's just a little yeah. red droid that's just like what, what what are you doing
0: Yeah just really concerned <laughs> about Cassian loves him a lot Yeah just
3: concerned about just concerned about their friends
0: and then you, like, hey, and then you realize do like why uh, you know Cassian likes to be the one to keep around K2SO cuz he loves his sassy talking droids you know mm-hmm. I, uh,
2: I,
1: this I know is gonna I'm be right? a hot take i think so far you into this don't, t- don't say it B2 to me. emo that's not for me <gasps> I, I feel like the thing is we can't just be like oh this new droid we gotta love the droid we gotta be critical of our new droids being entered into our life and is this new or is this just mm-hmm. wally mixed with bumblebee from the transformers movies and i'm like you know what that's a combo that i don't think i need i don't think i need it do I like the sage like qualities of this thing? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm not trying to take that away, but you like me and my name's Tim. Okay. So it's like, I feel like we, we the tit for tat there a little bit, but yeah, so far, I feel like it's a little derivative and I, I'm not getting the, 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 the love vibes from, from a yeah, boy B.
2: I love him and I would kill everyone in this room and then myself for him.
1: Yeah, uh, I get it. I get it. It's yeah. the difference. Uh, I Remember uh, when he uh,
0: shocked the little pig when it peed on him.
2: Yeah. Great. Yes. It was I'll great. I'll tell you this. I did feel like there were parts that weren't derivative. Yeah, is I, I, She, she's, go ahead. I don't feel like it was entirely derivative. I do feel like for especially a Star Wars droid, and we're looking at the Star Wars franchise where they have a million personalities of different droids that we've met now. I do feel like it was original in the sense of, it wasn't like, I make sassy quips. It was so genuine and that's what it is for me. It was the heart of this droid not being like, I'm just a delicate flower that you want to protect at all costs and not being like, I'm the tough guy that's going to protect everybody. It was just this like, he's kind of just a little guy
3: yeah he's acting just a very much guy. like a younger like a younger brother like and it was like he was looking at the droid it's like hey do you remember what we're doing we're leaving money for marva okay and we don't touch it to like you know what i mean It was like yeah i can lie if you want i have enough power and it's just like you can oh, no, hear this little droid wise. being like i don't like to lie you know um <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like, even later on when he's doing the like when he's figuring out the the comms and stuff and he's just like Can I just go with you and stuff like that? And you just like, oh yeah,
3: oh you're right. You should probably. It's like, yeah, nobody should touch the money but me. You're right. You just shouldn't leave then. Like it's just (laughs) very like little brother vibes. And I thought that was very cute. Um, so I guess why do you hate Star Wars? Yeah, that's what the that's what the kids are going to say. That's what they're (laughs) going to say. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We have. I will. uh,
1: uh,
0: Sorry. Go
3: ahead. No, I was just. uh, I was. I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh. Sorry, I got hit by a truck. Go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we haven't talked enough about, I think, uh, Kazian, the flashbacks that weren't in Back to Tanks, and uh, the kind of like introduction to the relationship between him and Marva, which was kind of threaded right. throughout the first three episodes. Casa, yeah. His yeah. name is Casa yeah, so it was
2: very interesting. Um, the planet that they showed, I think was really, really fascinating. Um, I think that the like uh, child run civilization was very, very interesting, and I mm-hmm. want to know so much more about that. I found yes. that so fascinating. I don't want a whole show about it because I don't like watching children that much, but I do want to know so much more about these people that he comes from. Um, and I think it was very interesting. I think they did a very good job of uh, communicating it without us knowing the language. Anthony and I were talking about it at the time because we watched this together and it was like, oh, they're not subtitling this, which means they're entirely relying on us understanding body language and the way that they're communicating with each other without, and it could be, I mean, we're going to assume it's a stylistic and artistic choice to be like, no, you're just going to understand by these kids, like, gestures and movements that they care about each other and what the structure and the power is here. Yeah. But also, then they didn't have to translate the whole new Star Wars language.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, well,
2: I think it's like they also don't want to give too much away,
3: right? So I think it, it works because it's like you don't know who these kids are. You feel for them because they're kids living in the woods. You don't know what they're doing. Uh, and you don't know what they're saying because, like, they don't want you – to know too much about Canari and what happened on Canari just yet. Um, but we know that these kids were left without anybody. We know the Empire says it was just a mining accident. We don't know what happened there. Uh, and we also know that um, these I just these kids with their little Lord of the Flies like society where they're wearing like cut up mining and like flight suits and yeah. st- it was really it was really wild and it's, it's another one of those bits, those flashbacks where we got one of those moments that like, look, the whole reason Star Wars happens is because a lot of kids die, but this is the first time, like this was, I felt like someone really, like, they showed somebody really killing a kid there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like, it's not like saber fires and we, and we cut away. Mm-hmm. Or there's a saber hits somebody who's CG, like, uh, you CG and falls back.
0: She doesn't really see it coming for the most part. It's kind of out yeah. of cold blood. And then you have to sit, I, I don't think it's in the same sequence, but then when you come back, you have to sit with the rest of their reaction to her death as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the stage
1: point too about the the just like the kids and like the how good of a job they did of building like their narrative and all that stuff like I I loved seeing uh young casting kind of like taking it all in and they sat on that actor for a long time of just letting us see his facial yes. re- reactions to everything and it was like oh shit okay like he's learning things and he's experiencing some of this and seeing so much for the very first time so that when we end episode three and we get those like the back and forth cuts between. Him in modern times leaving the planet and him, uh, before like potentially in a ship leaving for the first time, right. I was like, This is really, really cool. And I feel like a really well earned moment because we sat in those flashbacks for so long,
0: yeah. And it, it, I, I think they did a really good job of also like showing and not telling what kind of happened here and giving you enough to put the pieces together in a, in a, th- moment where we don't see a lot of star Wars is when the empire abandons a planet after they've taken it over. And after they're trying to mine it for this, uh, the resources, like we, we see that in some of the, uh, other shows. We see that in the video games. Uh, I think one place, uh, that really showcases it well in the moment, thinking about, about it on the ground level from the local perspective is the Ahsoka book that, uh, is kind of takes place. a I think like a year after episode three, when she's in hiding, um, mm-hmm. And they even talk about that of, like, the kind of the input versus the output from, like, the uh, Empire perspective of, like, if it's worth it, if there's an uprising here, like, should we just abandon this uh, project and stuff like that? And you really see the aftermath here where it's, like, I put, like, where you get that shot of him uh, looking at the the mine, right? And then there's, like, a, I think it's the line where it's, like, oh, a big mining accident happened there. And you kind of put together, like, oh, fuck, the reason the they're in the Lord of the Fly situation. It's like, cause they're all local kids and their parents all yeah. died in this accident. Maybe probably uprising, who knows? And uh, I, I just thought that was really, really well done. And I was, I, I was impressed of like, you know, I, I wasn't rolling my eyes every time we went to a, back to a flashback. Cause I, th- I thought it was done very well. Um, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't in a back to 10 together every time.
2: The brutality I think was also highlighted in the thing that did immediately follow the blaster to the back and that, like teenage girl is it wasn't then stopped. He then realized I just shot a kid a hundred percent had the time to process it and then turned around and continued to fire at the rest of the small children up there. And I think that there is a level of like that having been an older enough kid that you're like, Ooh, that was brutal. But then you just see him start firing at small children immediately after like he doubles down on that choice Um, when you didn't have to, which I think again, like really pushed us into what the brutality of this is and who Cassian ended up being. It also makes sense. I mean, he talks about in Rogue one, the like I've been in this fight since I was six, like, welcome. This is it. This is life. Yeah. Um, and that's the Uh, moment that hits it.
3: So. So, uh, everybody runs away and he sticks around and goes into this ship, um, which, uh, which I believe is, is, is a confederacy ship. Like, they're not wearing... Like, the, the technology looks imperial, but they don't look imperial. I think it's a confederacy ship. But well, they um, were all yellow. They were all... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, see, Cassian go in there, and you get an idea of, like, how long these kids have been alone, because... Cassian's never seen a mirror. Cassian's never seen a computer. Cassian's never seen any of this stuff. Uh, and, and it's wild to see it happen. Uh, and that's when we meet uh, Marva and Clem, who, listen. I love Marva so much. Same. Marva just freaking rules so much.
0: I, I was, I like the relationship. This was like the, the kind of one thing where I was like I, I wanted more of in these first three episodes, especially now that we're it seems like we're going to go off on an adventure and I'm sure we're going to get more flashbacks with her uh, and and stuff like that. And so I, I, I wanted I felt a little wanting in in kind of building the relationship more in these first three episodes, uh, especially when like kind of in that reveal in the I think it's the third episode where it's kind of cutting back and forth and stuff. And you see that she was the one who took him off planet, which causes him to, we assume to never see his sister again. Uh, it, it, if that's what, uh, we're assuming from the very first beginning of the first episode, that's yeah. what he says he's there to do is he's looking for his sister, uh, his sister. And he, th- uh, he heard of this woman who was from the same planet as him in hopes mm-hmm. that that might've been her. or Maybe it's, you know, someone who knows something ab- about his sister. Right. Um, and I want them to dive deeper into that of, like, kind of that effect on him, of, like, kind yes. of forcefully being dragged away. And I liked how that mirrored in the third episode and the reason why they were cutting back and forth of it, right? Where you see the the shot of him kind of looking out to space, being uh, driven by uh, Skarsgård, and then coming back to him as a kid, being driven by Marva, um, where he's now in another situation where he's being dragged into uh Kind of, he's being taken somewhere where he has no idea what's really in store from him, uh, and he's also being taken away from a lot of people he cares about. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I thought that was really, really cool and in, interesting. Yeah, and I hope they. It I, out I a like. More.
3: Yeah, I like the Marva stuff because number one, Fiona Shaw just rips. Like <laughs> she just rips. Okay, she's, Every she's scene
2: she's in makes the other person in the scene better. It's true. Everybody is better when they're
3: up, like, there's a marked difference in everyone's acting quality in these episodes when they're up against Fiona Shaw. But the other reason that I like Marva is because even though we're seeing this sweet old, like, hey, I'm your mom, you're my son, that's the way we've always played it, and that's the way we've always been, Cassian is very clearly aware that he was taken from, like, by her. You know, she sees it as saving him because she knew that the Imperials were coming or that the uh, Confederacy was coming. And he sees it as, no, I didn't understand what was going on and you took me.
2: And He was kidnapped.
3: He was kidnapped. He was literally kidnapped. And so I'm interested in how that relationship is going to deepen, Uh, you know, because we saw Marva kind of like giving Cassian as much space as he wants to kind of fuck up, which is a very like, step parent or adoptive parent thing, which is like, I don't want to tighten, I don't want to tighten my control over you too hard because I know that you don't think of me as your actual parent. Um, but also like, she is a badass spy and the se- or, or, or a scavenger or whatever. And the second, you know, a smuggler and the second he starts tripping up, she starts going, here's what's going to happen. And here's what's going to happen. And here's what's going to happen. And you have to stop fucking up now. And that was kind of cool to see. So I think there are some layers between the two of them that are going to get really interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: Another character I'm really interested in seeing the growth of is the Skarsgård character. Like Skarsgard. I liked being able to, to sit with him a lot longer than I even kind of expected in the the like, kind of like prelude uh, mm-hmm. to him meeting Andor where it's like we see him on this like weird little bus uh, and there's that other old guy talking to him and like it's just having a normal ass conversation. I'm like, oh, back in my day, we yeah, could just drive doing straight the old through the wasteland. like. <laughs> And yeah. I like, this is this is kind of there's a novelty to this that i that i enjoy he's wearing, and then... he's
3: wearing a real little old man hat too yeah, it, it yeah, wasn't even great. like a space hat yeah. he was nah. wearing like a little trilby yeah he just
0: walked onto set there uh, they started shooting the scene and the director's like did he get through uh makeup and wardrobe and they're like no
3: he totally did
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now he but showed I... up like that we found him in the park <laughs>
0: i like i like the setup
1: a lot and then once we got him with andor i thought that conversation was uh, a lot of fun and setting up a really cool action scene which honestly we haven't gotten much of in these disney star wars shows i feel like a lot of times we're looking at it and it's like there was that chase that never ended in uh boba fett but like there are moments where it's like oh that action scene was cool or this one was cool or whatever uh some of the mandalorian stuff definitely um like the that one episode with ahsoka um was really cool yeah. but um for this i appreciated the more like kind of they, they treated it like it was more an identity more than they did a star wars thing where we get this like multi-level uh, arena and uh, we get the guys with the blasters like shooting down at them and then there's all the big metal things that can fall It was like this is just such a great like action set piece room like it felt very video game last of us of like we're in the monster closet deal with it. I,
3: I literally said to Sage, I was like, I solved this puzzle in Spider-Man. S- straight up.
1: <laughs> straight up. Yeah. I it's like that's what bullies, it felt like. I've
3: I switched these trains around, but I mean, like, that's what you get when you have when you have Tony Gilroy who's been writing born movies for Doug Lyman and is just like, here, like here's how you make an action sequence. And there was a lot of tension to that room. And there was also a lot of tension to Luther himself. You know, the whole time I was waiting for Luthen to pull out that staff and do some like real, real yeah, damage. Oh, you're with that right. Staff. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that would and have been he, sick. We still haven't even seen the yeah, staff yet. Because it. mm. it's, it's interesting seeing a character in Star Wars that has a staff is carrying a weapon from Go, but chooses to just be like spycraft about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that so was love- very cool. Yeah, Luthan had the whole thing wired from moment one. He's oh, like,
1: "Dude, rule number one, rule number two.
3: I am yeah. a sucker for that type of rule, shitty dialogue.
1: No, rule number they two: it. make your exit it.
0: when you uh, when you on enter. the way in. Yeah, come on, oh, let's so go. We dude. will
3: find out. We will find out later. I'm sure that because we know that Cassian's, we know from Rogue One that Cassian's relationship to the rebellion is like, don't think the rebellion are the heroes. We get our hands dirty. We do. We do shit just like everybody else does. I think Luthen held him there in that shed, knowing that somebody was going to come, and he would be forced to escape with Luthen. Mm-hmm. Luthen didn't come for the star for the Starfinder or whatever. He came to get Cassian, and yeah. so I think he orchestrated that whole thing.
0: Oh, 100%. Especially when he's...
3: And he's just Thor's goofy friend!
0: (laughs) He's just the goofy friend. Uh, Who knew? (laughs) And he's literally, like, Cassian is, like, he's in an interview for a job, and he doesn't even realize it, where, you know, he's asking, like, Cassian, like, how did you get this piece? And he, like, goes into detail of, like, how he snuck in, he infiltrated the Empire, and it's easy, because they wouldn't expect someone like him to be able to infiltrate that level of stuff, because they're fat, and they're proud, and all of this. And, like, it was that moment where you're like yeah you just signed up for a job that you didn't realize you fit the mm-hmm. bill for a hundred percent but you have the job buddy that's the rest of the show um, which i think I about really it like cool.
3: victorian i think about it like victorian england where it's like you know you think uh something like you know where where it's like oh jack the ripper probably can't be somebody who's like high class and high society because high class high society people don't do crimes and aren't able to do that. We're just not built that way. And so I think of the empire as just being like, oh, but we're perfect and we're wonderful. And we don't, you know, nothing bad would happen and nobody from, you know, and you can just walk right in because it's like very classist and weird. And so they just get it like, I love the explanation of that. It's like, just walk in like, you know what you're doing. Nobody will ask you anything. Cause there's also, I think a fear when you work, we've seen that too. There's a fear when you work for the empire, that's just like, I'm going to mind my own business cuz if that guy's fucking up, I don't want to be within 15 feet of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The falling Any orders. final thoughts on episodes 1 through 3, Sage?
2: I enjoyed these 3 episodes more than I enjoyed Rogue one ever. Um by like pretty good nice. and bounds. Um I think that they've been really really fun. I think that this is an interesting I mean, humanizing is a strange term to use for, like, literal aliens, but this is the most grounded and humanizing show for Star Wars yet. Um, And I think that, It isn't the show for me, for like non-Star Wars fans necessarily, uh, but it does feel incredibly different because Boba Fett and the Mandalorian were so connected and Obi-Wan was connected to the prequels. Even though this has obviously an incredibly important place in Star Wars history for Rogue One and into the originals, um, it feels like an individual story about real people and not about legends, which I think Mm -hmm. is very cool.
3: Carboni, yeah, agreed. I I could go without seeing very much empire in this at all. I could go with there being a lot of these uh, a lot of these cops from uh, from Ferrex. I could go with there being like a lot of these uh, private corporations. I would like this to be the series that it seems like it's going to be, which is uh, the story that tells us about what people have been doing on the ground the whole time. While the people who've been flying X-Wings and swinging lightsabers have been doing stuff. And I think that's something a lot of Star Wars fans have been asking for. Uh, and I think they've done this in a really wonderful way where you don't sit there waiting for the cameo. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I was never waiting for the cameo in this. And they could keep going this way and I could feel that way. And I think that's the way that you build Star Wars for the next 40 years. Uh, and so I really love this. And I do love that they're, <laughs> It makes me laugh, but I also do love their hilarious, like, we're almost, like, we're getting grown up. These, these two are going to hold hands. Like, I love that they're, edgy, like, they swear. are, like, they said a swear. Like, they are kind of being more adult and a little darker and a little more serious, which I think will appeal to a larger audience. But without getting rid of everything that makes Star Wars Star Wars to me, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I think, I mean, an extremely, extremely strong beginning for this show
0: that you want it to stop but it just keeps coming when it stops that's when you really want to start to fret
1: it was pretty high. Yeah. it was pretty hot
0: that was cool as
1: hell uh,
3: that was yeah. Aunt Dursley. Aunt I Dursley know. was was delivering that yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah,
1: dude, yeah, that was oh. that was fantastic. I, I feel like you're right, Carboni, that this show doesn't make you feel like you're waiting for the cameos to hit. Yeah. I do feel like I'm waiting for this to, to hit me as like this is a must-watch TV show. I think that we're pretty far from that right now, but. I think that they have a, they've set up a lot of questions that I want the answers to. I want to know more about the the home planet. And I feel like uh, giving the amount of flashbacks and attention and building the secrecy around it. Like, don't ever say you're from there and all that stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. You guys are building Star Wars for me. Like, you're building a galaxy that mm-hmm. can, like, to, again, your point, Carboni, like, in 40 years – will be referencing this planet and like it'll mean something to people, right? So it's like building new legacy, new characters, new worlds, I think is super important. And I think that these three episodes at the very least have proven that there is room, like we've all thought, for things that aren't lightsabers in the Star Wars universe. And I'm, I'm hopeful for them to continue down this path and that if this is an example of the direction they're going, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Not sure about this one, but I'm hopeful.
3: As always, Tim, guardedly optimistic Gettys, <laughs> with his <laughs> Only star one one. Ex, But still, all
1: the pessimism. That's the last goes.
0: comment with the the cameo thing, and that's why I, I think this is so good. Is that you're you're not waiting for the next cameo because you're invested in the moment. But at the same time, I think we'll get some some nice surprise cameos, uh, just naturally like where we're going uh, in this part. I heard of the Howard season. the uh, Duck's
3: in this. Uh, anyway, well, I, my guess, I
0: mean. honestly, Anthony, look at me, our boy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy smith's is gonna pop up at some point. Oh yeah, you know
3: well, you gotta oh, yeah. get the smiths I mean, yeah. we know that we know that Mon Mothma is showing up, and we love Mon Mothma. We also know we saw in the trailer the goat Saw guerrera does show up, and that's all I'm waiting for. That's all I'm waiting
1: for. In the comments below, what you're waiting for and what you thought of episodes one through three of Star Wars: Andor. We'll be back next week with episode four and the recording of. Star Wars Rogue One in review. Rewatch, really excited for all of this. But until next time, may the force be with you.
3: Bye.